Welcome to Unity of Tucson. It's not that easy being green. Anyone ever feel like it's not that easy to be yourself? I mean, that's what the song is about, right? I mean, you're not Kermit the Frog, but Kermit the Frog did famously make the song a thing, right? It's not that easy being green. But I love where the song gets to. Green is the color of spring, cool and friendly-like, big like an ocean, important like a mountain. It's beautiful, and I think it's what I want to be. It's beautiful, and I think it's what I want to be. Talk about an affirmation that we should all carry that we are beautiful, we are inherently beautiful, irrespective of, of our appearance, our outward appearance. We are inherently beautiful, and when we truly understand our inherent beauty, then the outward appearance will follow along with that. Because what we recognize about each other is not physical attributes, but energy. And so when we affirm our energy as beautiful, we are experienced as beautiful. So it's not that easy being green if you decide it's not that easy being green. So the idea ultimately, and I say this a lot, celebrate who you are. Expand yourself into a full celebration of who you are. And if you need a reminder, I will continue to remind you every single Sunday to celebrate the you that is you inherently. I believe, I believe, I believe. Aha, we're going to get into this in a little bit. I believe that you exist on purpose. I believe that you are worthy. I believe that you have value. What do you believe? Because that's all I see when I look out on the sea of faces and I see the people. I see the face of God. And God inherently is expressing itself by means of all creation, which is inclusive of each and every one of us, on purpose. And it is expressing, rooted in its own sense of worth and value. We talked a lot about this at the Wednesday night class, right? Because what we ultimately found out in Wednesday night's class two of eight in prosperity, and what, what did we decide that prosperity is all about? It is about understanding your inherent value and letting your life unfold from that point of view. It's not about accumulation of anything. It is about recognizing the truth of who you are. And going to that third aspect of our mission statement, remember who you are. You are here on purpose. I will state that every single Sunday and invite you, if you choose, to welcome that into your experience as a belief. But it is important, today is all about beliefs. I don't know if you know that yet. Um, it is important to ask yourself the question consistently, I think, what do I believe? I ask myself this question all the time because we are not a dogmatic religion. I'm going to talk a little bit about whether or not we're a religion a little bit later. <laughs> but we are not dogmatic. We do have doctrine. You know how I, I've described before the difference between doctrine and dogma is that dogma is not meant to be questioned. It is telling you what you should believe. That's what dogma is. Doctrine is an invitation 
to learn. We have teachings in unity, and you get to decide whether or not you put them to practice in your life. You get to decide what you believe, and they may or may not be in alignment with what it is we teach, and that's okay, because I'm not here to tell you what to think. I'm never going to stand up here and tell you what to think, ever, 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 ever. And I've worked very hard in my languaging as a minister to never state the words we believe because I don't know what you believe. But what I will ask you is to reflect on questions like this. Do I, do you, you, I'm going to speak in the first person. I invite you to take it in as though you're speaking to yourself. Do I believe the limiting ideas that I have been taught in my life? If you reflect on that question, do I believe the limiting ideas that I have been taught in my life, is there something that comes up for you into the level of awareness that you can now take action on if it is not working for you? Or have I eliminated those things, allowing something greater to be known? If we're talking about expansion, the antithesis antithesis of expansion is limitation. So if we hold on to the limiting ideas that we have been taught in our life, then we are devolving rather than evolving. And we can devolve ourselves into oblivion. This is getting, it feels very heavy. It's because we're reading prosperity. (laughs) What? (laughs) Charles Fillmore's heavy. Okay, that's a belief. It's all relative. So, as many of you know, and 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 this will mean nothing if you don't know the 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 idea of the term new thought and that there's, that's an umbrella understanding of multiple faith organizations, one of which is unity. Um, my path through new thought was actually originally as a science of mind minister, which is another where we are sibling uh, philosophies. And people often ask, what is the difference between the two? There is no difference except the language we use. That's really what it boils down to. What I have found by becoming a unity minister after having been a science of mind minister is that it's jargon. That's the difference. That's it. We are talking about the exact same thing. But in my, in my science of mind days, the church that I went to, the spiritual center that I went to, as I was studying ministry, we used to proudly state every single Sunday as a community aspects of a written thing that was called the Declaration of Principles. Now, we have a, we have a set of principles in unity, but... In the Declaration of Principles and Science of Mind, first of all, it's like 13 different statements. I'm like, let's, unity has five. We narrowed it down to five, so that feels really good. <sighs> right? <laughs> so we would read this, and, and as we would read this, I started to think, is it compulsory for me? Is it compulsory for me to believe this? Because the statements, every single one of them started with, we believe. We believe in God. 
one indestructible, absolute, and self-existent cause. We believe that heaven is within and that we experience it to the degree that we become conscious of it. We believe in the eternal goodness, the eternal loving kindness, and the eternal givingness of life to all. And there are eight more statements. I'm not going to go through all of them. Now, they all begin with, in the way that they're utilized in Science of Mind churches, they all begin with, we believe. And it is written in the Science of Mind uh, magazine every single month, we believe. I don't know what you believe. So I will never step up here and say, we believe. I think it's better stated, we teach. We teach God. One indestructible, absolute, self-existent cause. We teach that heaven is within and that we experience it to the degree that we become conscious of it. We teach the eternal goodness, the eternal loving kindness, and the eternal givingness of life to all. That's an invitation for you to go on an exploration of expansion. Now, the original statements were all written by Dr. Ernest Holmes, who was the founder of that branch of New Thought, religious science, and they were all written as, I believe. He was making a statement about his beliefs and inviting us to question our own beliefs. That's what I believe he was doing. I believe, I believe, whatever comes after that, you had better make sure it's what you want. right? (laughs) You'd better make sure it's what you want. I made a personal choice in my ministry to frame the teachings as teachings, not beliefs. Your beliefs are your choice. To me, that is a fundamental difference between religion and spiritual philosophy. I call New Thought teachings, I call the path in unity, I call the path in science of mind, I call the path in divine science, whatever aspect of new thought may be resonating with your soul, I call that spiritual philosophy. You can take it on as an active faith in your life if you choose, but a spiritual philosophy is an open exploration, the study of the fundamental nature of knowledge, reality, and existence. It's a study. Religion is a dogmatic belief in the worship of a superhuman controlling power. Which side of that equation do you want to be on? The irony is that we have constructed our communities in ways that people look at as religious communities. We come to church on a Sunday morning. That is a paradigm that is usually, in people's minds, brings up, oh, that's a religion. We're not teaching a religion. The Fillmore's, Ernest Holmes, Nona Brooks, Melinda Kramer, those founders of these New Thought philosophies never wanted to create churches. They didn't. What did they want to create? They wanted to create spiritual communities where we could gather together and actually put these tools to work in our lives. So it was not about coming and hearing a magnificent message, a homily on a Sunday and to just leave and then go about your life thinking other things, not really getting to the nitty-gritty of what it is in your life to live from the highest perspective. That's not what they were about. They were not here to found a new religion. 
I believe that this philosophy is very simple. Here's the entirety of the philosophy in a statement as it was expressed by the master teacher Jesus. It is done unto you as you believe. That's it. That's the entire philosophy. I have in the past joked, and I guess now I'm joking again, that I say the same darn thing every single Sunday. And I find 52 new ways to say it every single year. It'll be 53, because there are 53 Sundays this year. <laughs> this is a fundamental idea that, that has threads throughout all faith traditions. In Buddhism, the Buddha is said to say, is, is, is said to have said, You know what I mean. Uh, what you think, you become. You can find it. You can find it in all faith traditions. Fundamentally, mystics, and I think we are all mystics, whether we recognize it or not, mystics are here to truly understand that our thoughts, our beliefs, and the way that we feel, the feelings that we have around those thoughts and beliefs are constructing the quality of our life and that we are put in positions of power to make those constructs in our life more affirmative and more life-sustaining than we have ever been taught because we have, entire society, we have an entire society telling us something else. Many of us come to these traditions of new thought from past experiences with religions that told you you would go to hell if you didn't believe. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands of how many people had that experience because that's irrelevant. But if that touches something within you, it's something to look at. Because it is done unto you as you believe, not as God believes because there is no God outside the self. There is not that. Here's what we teach about God. I'm going to talk about the five principles we teach in unity. These are the five things, the five principles we teach in unity. God is, I am, thoughts and prayers create, prayer and meditation are how I direct those thoughts and prayers, and it is my choice to live from that point of view. That's all we teach. God is all there is. God, a shorthand for the infinite creative essence, the magnificent creative energy, not some being, but the infinite internal, eternal beingness that is at the core of each and every one of us, the essence of creation is what God is. God is all there is, the infinite creative energy of love. Human beings, each and every one of us, are inherently divine. We are that power. We are that presence. We are the light. We are the life of God. Because if God is infinite, there can be nothing separate from God. Therefore, we cannot be separate from God. And it freaks people out. I'm going to tell you, it freaks people out. When I stand up here and I say, we must all be able to exclaim for ourselves, I am God. How, and no show of hands, but did that bring up a little bit of like, Ugh! did he just say that? Yes. And I will exclaim it until the day I am complete on this plane of action and probably beyond that too. Because here's the thing. When I state that, it is not to be exclusionary. It is my way of being inclusive. Because if I know that fundamental truth about myself, shut up. Uh, if I, my, you know, these smartwatches are lovely until they start speaking back to you at most inopportune moments. 
It's not to be exclusionary. It is to be inclusive. Because if I understand that about myself and truly understand that about the nature of being, then I must understand it about every single person I encounter. There can be no separation. I see only the face of God. I experience only the God essence. I know who I am, and I know who you are. That's what I choose to believe. And I think that that is fundamental in our teaching. What do you choose to believe? Now, we can put this to practice. That's the other part of the principles. We can put this to use in our lives because our thoughts and our beliefs, this is number three, our thoughts and our beliefs create the events and experiences of our lives. Now, I include feelings in that because feelings are an important, feelings are, feelings are the gasoline in the engine of creation. So thoughts and beliefs and feelings create the events and experiences of our lives. How do we utilize it and put it into practice? Well, we teach that it is through affirmative prayer and meditation. Those are the tools that we use to engage our thoughts, beliefs, and our feelings. And the fifth is very important. It is a choice. It is a choice for each and every one of us to Activate this spiritual teaching beyond just an intellectual understanding. Thoughts and beliefs create the experiences of our lives. There was a lot of discussion about this in the Wednesday night class. A lot of discussion around thoughts and beliefs and feelings and how they create the quality of our lives. How many of us, again, rhetorical, how many of us consistently come up with excuses to justify and live with the erroneous results of our mental work, whether that work is happening at the level of awareness or below the level of awareness. What do I mean by that? Are you, do we tend to use phrases to justify things that are not so much fun in our lives by saying, it's all good, it's all God, it's all unfolding perfectly. My perfect outcome is assured. Here's the thing. Those fundamentally are true statements. But a lot of us use those statements to justify the bad things that are happening in our experience. It's called spiritual bypass. Because what is happening is, while we state it out loud, the belief is something else. And the belief is stronger than the statement. And so there's work to be done there. There is work to be got, where there is work to be done there. So let me ask you, do you do prayer work? Do you pray? This is not a rhetorical question. <laughs> do you pray? Yeah. How's your life going? That's, that's a rhetorical question. <laughs> if there's anyone out there who said no, I will ask the same question. How's your life going? I think many of us, including me sometimes, I'm not going to leave myself out of this because I, actually I was saying, saying to somebody uh, uh, before the service, I was out in the, in the lobby, the foyer, and, uh, they, they had, and I can't remember the exact word that this person used, but they said something about, oh, you're the, you're, you're the I don't want to say master. <laughs> that, but it was something that kind of seemed to want to put me on a pedestal. And I, and I said, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. You're the master of your own life. I'm the guy who just gets to get up here and talk about it. 
That's it. There is no difference between any of us. I just studied some, so you've given me the opportunity to get up and yammer at you for 20 minutes or 25 minutes every single Sunday morning (laughs) to invite you into a belief. So I think many of us, including me, so now I'm knocking myself off the pedestal, think that we are being conscious and directed, and yet we still allow doubt to creep into our thoughts. And what ends up happening is that we are definitely causing something to happen, but it is stopped based on the level of our doubt. We are always causing something to be happening. That's the thing. We are always, always, always causing something to be happening. Are we causing effects purposefully or tacitly? That's the question. How are you engaging in your life? Are you just like, oh, life's going to happen, and oh, here's some good things, here's some bad things, and more of the bad things are coming up, but yeah, okay. You can be purposeful in your decision to do something else. That's up to you. Part of our work is to reframe our thinking, to reframe our beliefs, to reframe the magnificent equation that is feelings, beliefs, and thoughts all pulled together to create the quality of our life. And perhaps a belief that we should be willing to let go of today is that it has to be difficult. Let's let go of that belief. A belief in difficulty equals an experience of difficulty, right? It's not that easy being green. That can become, I'm green, and it'll do fine. It's beautiful, and I think it's what I want to be. This is how we can do this. I mentioned on Wednesday night's class, and I've I've spoken to some people who are experiencing uh, some significant grief in their life, Um, and I want to share this. And the thing is, I'm now thinking, I think I said this last week, but it's okay. I'm going to repeat myself. Um, Our beliefs are like a ball within a jar, and grief is like a ball within a jar. And I think oftentimes what we think about grief or to eliminate beliefs is that we have to shrink the size of the ball. What we need to do is grow the jar. That's what we're talking about, growing the jar. The beliefs we carry will always be beliefs in the infinite mind. What we're going to do is grow the jar of our own awareness so that they have less effect in our experience. So grow your jar. That's how we reframe this. The key to the more magnificent life you imagine is within you. That's the key. And I think there is always room for more expression of magnificence because magnificence is eternal and infinite. And so we're constantly growing into greater expressions of our magnificence. All it may take is a simple reframe. Peace and blessings. You are magnificent. The homework this week 
and as I remind, uh, as I let people who are here for the first time know, I do give homework every single week. If this is meant to be a practical spiritual philosophy, these are tools that you can take to put it into practice. So what I would like you to work on this week is this. On a daily basis, ask yourself the question. On a daily basis, ask yourself the question, what do I believe? What do I believe? And deepen into an exploration with whatever comes up, why do I believe what I believe? Is this a story that I want to continue living, or am I ready for a reframe? Let that be the exploration this week. Hi, this is Reverend Jonathan Zenz, and I want to thank you for listening to the podcast of my Sunday message. Your financial support will ensure that we can continue to offer this as an option for inspiration. You can make your tax-deductible contribution in any amount on our website, unitytucson.com. Once again, thank you for listening. You are magnificent. Namaste.